1: This is Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. Hey, I'm your host, Tom Singer, and today we're going to talk about going all in on your niche. You know, so often speakers, they speak a little bit on this, a little bit on that. Somebody says, hey, could you talk about networking? Sure, I can. Could you talk about leadership? Sure, I can do that. But our guest today says you need to go all in on your niche. And our guest today is Quinn Conyers. Quinn, welcome to Speakernomics.
0: Thank you so much. I am super excited to be here with you, Tom. So let's get
1: started. What are your two tips for speakers about going all in on their niche?
0: Same. The first tip that I have is your niche gets you noticed. Write that down, but your niche definitely gets you noticed. And second of all, don't be afraid to create your own business model as a speaker. Those would be my two tips. Awesome.
1: Well, we're going to unpack those tips and talk about some more stuff. But for those of you who don't know Quinn, she is an event transformer. She takes average events, and turns them into epic experiences as the master of ceremonies. She has high energy, and she knows what it takes to make an event not be boring, to get the audience engaged, to make the speakers look good, and make the meeting planner so happy they hired her. And here's the interesting thing. She has been speaking for 17 years, but it was only about six months ago she decided, I'm going all in on this MC thing. So Quinn, what caused you to go all in on your niche?
0: You know, interesting enough, there was this thing called the pandemic that happened. <laughs> and it really kind of affected not just my world, but the whole entire world of speaking. And I actually ended up getting on an app called Clubhouse. Now I know that a lot of it has died down because the world is opening back up, but it was a great way to connect with fellow speakers as well as still get your voice seen and heard. So I began to get on Clubhouse and literally start to host rooms and I would introduce people and manage the room and keep a topic on point. And, you know, every time I would introduce someone, people would always ask me, do you MC? Do you host? Can I hire you? Can I take you to every single speaking engagement and get you to introduce me? And at first I was just like, sure, you can hire me. But by the fifth or sixth time, I was like, I think I have something here. So people began to inbox me and ask me, what's your MC fee or you really should look into it. And then when the seed was planted, I began to kind of like let that mull over a little bit because I definitely have MC'd in the past, but it was always like my third or fourth service offering. It was not a top priority because in the speaking space, I just believed and I was told that keynotes are king. Keynotes are are queen. And that's what people pay for. And emceeing was just kind of like a nice to have. So literally, I would say the seed was planted and then I reached out to people who I admire in the emcee space, like you, Tom, and a few other people and just kind of said, listen, this is what I'm thinking about doing as a speaker. What do you think? And once I kind of got a green light from some people that I admire, and respected i decided to kind of go all in but everyone was just that as affirming and confirming some people were like ah i don't know it's still like a nice to have not a necessity but i'm glad i listened to my gut and decided to kind of jump all into the deep end with no life jacket and it has proven to be super beneficial in my speaking career and we've talked
1: about it on this show before and i've talked to a lot of people that the the beneficiary in the speaking world of the pandemic was the role of the Master of Ceremonies because so many meeting planners realized Correct. because they had us come in and do the virtual thing and they're like, Oh, thank you so much. You know, you were so good at prepping my, my speakers. And because nobody knew how to do Zoom meetings or, or online platforms. And the MC was sort of the extension of that meeting planner. And they're like, God, you made my life so much easier. And now that we're transforming back to those in-person live stages, the the meeting planners are like, Whoa. This would help me live too. So, are you seeing as things are coming back, people are more interested in an MC than they were in the past?
0: yes or they're taking me along on their journey so i might have done some work with them virtually or hybrid and now that they're returning to in person they are taking me with them i consider myself not someone they hire but i consider myself an extension of the team and that's how i market it so absolutely it was we could have a board member or we would get a coworker, or the cfo or the ceo and people quickly realize that they didn't know how to keep an audience engaged or i would say they didn't know how to Activate an audience or be a chat box champion. So they're like, if she can show up virtually this vibrant, I can only imagine how she is in person. So I'm grateful that who I am virtually and who I am in person, it definitely transitions over. And the meeting planner saw the value in that as well. And I have a lot of repeat clients because of that.
1: Nice. So I want to jump into the tips that you gave us for how to go all in on your niche, because the truth is your niche is MCing, but for other people, it might be something else. And your first tip was your niche gets you noticed. What do you mean by that?
0: So at the end of the day, I mean, there's a lot of people who are in the professional speaking space. I mean, in the beginning, when I started this, no one wanted a microphone or a megaphone. I was the only one saying, I want to be a speaker. And this was in college. Whereas my peers and my friends, they wanted to go into accounting, be doctors or lawyers, or, you know, um, go into marketing or communications. And I'm like, no, I want to be a speaker. So I think that it's a profession that has definitely grown as far as people want to to do it and get paid for it but I, like anything else you can't show up in a space in an industry and blend in you can't be black or white or beige. You got to show up red hot fuchsia or even polka dot. So I believe that if you have a niche it gets you noticed. So yes there's a lot of speakers. Yes there's a lot of trainers but when I really adopted this mindset that I'm going to be the energetic MC that gets noticed people started to take notice Tom because it was different. It was unique. It was a spin and also I had to break stereotypes and misconceptions. I'm not just the person who introduces people. I go beyond the bio but that niche has gotten me noticed has gotten me on so many platforms because even though emceeing is cousins with speaking, it still is something different. So even though it's similar, it's not the same. And like you mentioned earlier, which I definitely co-sign, is people begin to realize the value of an MC because of the pandemic. And if you wanted people to keep their mics off and their cameras on, you better engage them from start to finish. And that's where the value that I provided, which is not just introducing people, but if a tech thing goes down or a speaker is in the wrong green room. I am your insurance policy. So once I understood the value and I was able to articulate my awesomeness, the niche actually on a knife of its own because people notice and realize that if I want this meeting to be effective, if I want this conference or convention to breed brand ambassadors that are talking about how they enjoyed themselves, we need more than just the keynote speakers that's going to hold the attention of the event. We need someone who's going to transition people, introduce the sponsors, do some type of gamification in between. And that's me that I filled and I filled it with excellence. And I'm really grateful that I had that opportunity.
1: Well, you know, when I started my speaking career, I got the piece of advice that you'd don't want to be a comma speaker. And I was like, what is a comma speaker? And that was a speaker, comma, a trainer, comma, a coach, comma, an MC, comma, a whole bunch of things. They said, you need to have one thing that you're known for. Now you can have something else. Like I really was a speaker and an MC, but the reason that I kind of had both is I created my niche. I was the conference catalyst back in 2009 when we were in the middle of a recession. Everybody cared about networking because everybody was laid off. But when I first got into the business, people told me, well, you can't be a network speaker. Everybody can speak about that. It doesn't really make you an expert. That's fluffy. But when I became the conference catalyst, because if I kicked off the conference, everybody would network better at the lunches, at the coffee breaks, at the party that night that I transformed it. I created sort of uh, what Joe Calloway calls the category of one, because I wasn't a conference catalyst. I was the Conference Catalyst. And because I had created that niche, it got me noticed. So that's exactly what you were saying as you were talking about finding mm-hmm. your niche, how you can be the unique one, whether whether it was your topic of, of of leadership or whatever, that you you go deep into that niche and make it unique. So you're not just a leadership speaker, but you're the person who talks on this little slice of it, or in your world of MC, that you are the person. I mean, right now you are out there and everybody's talking about, we're looking <laughs> for an MC and everyone I know puts Quinn Conyers on the short list. So that's, that's a good thing. So anything else about uh, your niche getting you noticed that we haven't covered?
0: You know, and, and not even your niche getting you noticed, absolutely, but having your own unique speaking style as well. You know, like, for example, just really having your style, one of the unique things about me is I MC in sneaks, or I speak in sneaks. So I also bring that to the table as well because, as you know, Tom, if you're running around and you're emceeing an event for eight hours or five hours, <laughs> I mean, you don't have this problem unless you wear heels and you didn't tell anybody. But in the world of being a woman and wearing heels, it got to be a bit much. So not only do I MC you know, and I'm bringing a lot of energy and excitement and engagement, I also do it with style because I believe that the, the what you wear, you know, 93% of communication is nonverbal. So before you even open up your mouth, you're already communicating. So I want people to know that I'm warm. I'm welcoming. I'm funny. I like to have a conversation. So I make sure that before I even step on stage, because nine times out of 10, I'd be the first person that you see on stage that I am speaking with style and I have a unique style to how I dress and show up usually colors because colors give me confidence. So I want to add that your niche is not just in necessarily your topic, but it can also be the way you show up visibly. Nice.
1: Nice. That's great. So your second tip was create your own business model Mm -hmm. as a speaker. Now,
0: what do you mean by that, Quinn? You know, it's interesting because I've been in this business for years and, you know, I have always heard so many, to be honest with you, horror stories from speakers about how they missed the birth of their child. This is mostly from men, not a lot with women, or <laughs> most, women had... Most healed. women,
1: do, most women yeah. do make it to the birth of their yeah, child if yeah, they actually right. are carrying it, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they have to be there for that appointment. Like, can't, <laughs> you can't skip out on that meeting, right? But they were, like, men were talking about how they missed the birth of their child, or they missed, you know, um, a, a football game or basketball game, and women talked about going to go speak and potentially having mom guilt for leaving the kids. And I decided very early on that I don't want to be booked and busy because booked and busy leads to burnout. And I've seen it. I've known a woman who had nine ear infections in a year because she was up and down on a plane. I know people who miss very monumental. So I was like, I need to create a speaking business model that serves me, and I can still be a wife and I can still be a mom that is present. So, very quickly, I created something called an MC in residence. And, Tom, what that is, is my personal business model where I'm not trying to do a lot of one and done. So, I'm constantly in grind and burnout mode to find the next gig. I intentionally go after companies and organizations and brands that events are part of their business model. So, in one year, they may have four to eight events and nine times out of ten we talk about this tom if you're a great keynote speaker no matter how great you are they probably won't bring you back the next year but if you're an awesome and amazing MC, they will book you for all of their events because now you know the company culture. So I quickly adopted that and I've had about four clients take advantage. Like, listen, these are my events for 2022. We love your energy. Can we book you for all of these? And that's what I want to do. Number one, I can manage my cash flow. I know what's coming up. But number two, it builds relationship revenue between myself and the client. And number three, I know that I might be gone for three days because that's also part of my business model. I do multi-day events. I can do a one-time, you know, but these multi-day events can pay the price of what a speaker might make in one keynote or two keynotes, but now they have to do four or five keynotes to make that. So it just works for me to have this MC in residence business model. And I always encourage speakers, entrepreneurs to create a business model that makes their life work because you want to have a business that's a blessing. You don't want to have a business that's a burden.
1: So Quinn, I love this. MC in residence idea mm-hmm. how did you come up with this
0: created it just kind of happened i, I just was like you know what i mean in residence meetings that you you're stay a while right hang out for a little bit so it just kind of made sense to me and i'm like you know I, I didn't really see it anywhere i think i've heard of entrepreneur in residence but not an MC in residence i'm like this is what i want to do i want to work with companies who have events and it just it, it worked and then i always pitch it I let people know what it is, but I always pitch it after the first event because most people are not going to sign up with you until they see you in person. So after we do the first event, we do our debrief, I talk about what else do you have coming up, but I've already done my research. I already know they have other events, so it is a nice positioning, but it made sense. So if you ever hear anybody else talking about an MC in residence, it absolutely positively started with me.
1: Well, I, I think that's awesome. And my mind starts spinning for all the different types of business models that speakers could create, both around their family so that they're able to be present. Mm-hmm. Like you talked about, it's very imp- important for you to be present as a mom and as a wife, but also to be able to create something that didn't exist before. You know, it's kind of like I was saying, I use that moniker, the conference catalyst. When I originally created it, people said, I've never heard of somebody whose topic impacts the actual event. Because the idea was I would teach people how to network better. And halfway through the event or halfway through my keynote, I would go, hey, I have an idea. Let's use this conference as a human laboratory for the next three days. And I'd give them a roadmap of how they could better engage while they're there. And meeting planners at the time were like, I've never heard of that before. Now, other people have since done similar things, but you can create something that nobody has ever talked about. You create your own business model And Mm -hmm. it goes back to your first tip. It makes you stand out, right? I imagine that these companies that are having four to eight or more events a year, when they're like, oh, my gosh, we have different audiences all over the country. We could have Mm -hmm. Quinn every time. That makes their life easier. Your, Your meeting planners must be like, ooh, I like this.
0: Absolutely. They love it. And they said, This is genius. I've never heard of this before. And also, too, a lot of times, you know, just going against the grain, part of what I was like, I didn't want to sell twice. I didn't want to sell to an organization who never had an MC and then get them to hire me. But now they're more open minded because they understand how engagement must work as well. So, yeah, they're pretty impressed. And I mean, I have a whole voice methodology that I talk about as well. So it's not just about being your MC in residence. Here is how I am going to super serve and support you through this event. I'm going to use my voice, not just the words that come out of my mouth, but I have a framework. I have a methodology similar to, because I'm a keynote speaker, similar to that on how, what it will look like for me to be a part of your multi-day event. The V stands for something. The O stands for something. You know, the I stands for, every letter stands for something. So now they have a very tangible uh, concept on why Quinn Conyers will be advantageous to your event. That is so awesome.
1: So, Quinn, in the last six months, how has your business changed since you decided I'm going all in on my niche?
0: Tom, I think change is like an understatement. I to say metamorphosis transformed. I mean, I'm trying to figure out some more luxury language I can use to describe what has happened in the six months. And, and I'm sure you're from the outside of the name. Like I remember us having a conversation in Austin. So, Whoa, you know what I mean? (laughs) Talk about acceleration. But I think once I kind of like made up my mind and I decided and I went all in, I mean, just so many opportunities, people, not only am I attracting opportunities, people are also referring me for opportunities because they are very well known that I'm in this. So the beauty of having a niche that gets you noticed, it gets you noticed by people who can hire you, it gets you noticed within your network. So if people are looking for someone, they can also recommend you. So, I mean, so many opportunities. I, uh, national co-op brochures, MC in residence. Um, I've done like my second or third event with Nike. There's a few other organizations that have like, we want to, you know, get with you multiple times. So it's been great. A lot of media interviews as well around the whole topic of, you know, speaking with a twist, right? So most people say I'm a motivational speaker or keynote speaker, but this whole concept of being an MC and showing how I can enhance and elevate and illuminate events through certain engagement and introducing speakers, it's, it's just really taken off and I'm honestly blessed and I'm grateful and I'm excited that I decided to not only go all in, but I'm grateful that, you know, there are people in my path to give me the green light. Like you, you know, we're having that conversation, like g- do it, you know, and, and, and timing is everything as well, right? Because if I wanted to do this, let's say five years ago, it might not have been as attractive, but because people engagement was a top priority it it works in my favor
1: no and i do remember we we had lunch in austin and we talked about that and it was just last december and six months later it is it is all rolling so i want to shift gears a little bit because you've been a professional speaker for 17 years but you only joined the national speakers association about a year ago so what took you so long quinn
0: well first i just didn't feel like i belonged you know, I just, when I, when I looked at certain things, um, I felt like age wise, I didn't see a lot of people who looked like me. I didn't see a lot of women. I didn't see a lot of diversity. So I just felt like, is this a space for me? And then my mastermind group who were all members of NSA and we were members, I mean, for two years, they've been, they've been getting on me like, when are you joining NSA? When are you joining NSA? And I'm just like, I don't know. Is it for me? And you know, X, Y, and Z. And then I just, I just decided it was just almost like When I go all in, nothing can stop me. It's like the universe opens up and God says, go my child, right? That's how I feel like what happens. So I was like, you know what? I'll go to influence. Not only did I go to influence, you know, people like you invited me out for dinner. We chatted. I met so many people and. I don't know, but now it's not being frustrated. I don't see myself. It's now being example, being a catalyst. It's being a trailblazer to show other professional speakers who might be of the Gen Z millennial, you know, bracket that, listen, this is a great place for us to learn. i met so many amazing people and I'm absolutely kicking myself. I was like, why? What took me so long? But then I was like, no, this was exactly perfect timing. So that's
1: the story. Well, I love how you said, you know, when, when I decide to go all in, you know, God says, you know, go. Oh my child that I just got I got like goosebumps. It's like, you know, when you make that decision to go all in, really great things happen. So you are a relatively new member of NSA. However, at Influence, just in three weeks from now in Nashville, you have a very important role. Tell everybody what you're going to be doing on the main stage at Influence.
0: I will be one of the MCs, and I'm super excited. We've been meeting and connecting and, you know, my job is just to connect, to really connect the messages from the keynote speakers. So the audience has tangible, tasty nuggets they can execute. Right. So it's really about, you know, being a great MC is you're a great listener as well. So you're I'm listening to the keynote presentation so I can make sure I can connect the dots. So people are not just influenced to be the best speaker they can be, but they can take Away nuggets they can use not in two weeks, not in two days, not in two years, but tips they can use today. And sometimes you need a reinforcer. So I'm really excited that I can actually do that, as well as introduce, you know, some speakers, as well as just be a part of, you know, an organization that values the art um, and the science of professional speaking. So I will be an NSA MC. I'm really excited about that.
1: And this is the second year that the National Speakers Association is going to have a whole team of MCs uh, who all have slightly different personalities and different backgrounds and in addition to introducing everybody and telling people when to come back from break etc you also are all going to demonstrate your expertise your niche you're going to show that through the different things you do both together and separate on stage so i think it's going to be really exciting now the other thing i want to bring up is if i remember correctly you made the decision to go to Influence not a year in advance last year. You made the decision just a short time out and said, "You know what? I'm going all in." You know, look out world, here she comes. So, what advice do you have to somebody who happens to be listening to this podcast who didn't sign up because they were worried about going to Nashville, they they've never been to Influence before, they they've you know, haven't, they've been a speaker a long time and they've never done it. What advice do you have for somebody who might be on the fence thinking it's still two and a half or three weeks away. Should I go?
0: If you were born with a megaphone or a microphone in your hand, or if you've been in the audience of a presentation and you're like, I could do 10 times better. And there's a burning desire for you to speak and serve and change lives through words that you need to be at influence because it's your people right and sometimes it's like people don't get it so my mother's like let me get this straight you quit your job to talk to people right (laughs) so you need to be around other people who get you who understand you who can point you in the right direction so sometimes it 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 might take you three four weeks or months to make a decision on something to improve yourself in the area of professional development and then you have a second sometimes you have a millisecond or you have a week or two do you still have time so if you've been thinking about it, and it hasn't went away. You see a post, and get those butterflies in your belly. Like, man, I should go to influence or not? That is your sign. I am your sign. Tom is your sign. The butterflies in your belly are your sign to get to influence because it really is a community that I needed that I didn't know that I needed until I got there.
1: Nice. Well, Quinn, thank you so much for being a guest here on Speakernomics, the official podcast of the National Speakers Association. If somebody wants to find out more about you because they're like, I got to know more, this lady, she she's a fireball. How do they find you?
0: <laughs> Definitely LinkedIn, Quinn Conyers, you know, or go to my website, quinnconyers.com. There's only one Quinn Conyers. I searched myself, so it will be me. But again, LinkedIn, Quinn Conyers, or quinnconyers.com.
1: Awesome. Well, I look forward to seeing you in Nashville in just a couple of weeks. We'll have a little bit of fun. I want to catch up on all the great things that are happening since we got together last in December. And like I said, that's a lot. I want to hear all about it. We'll see you in Nashville. And to everybody who's listening, I hope we'll see all of you in Nashville at Influence 2022. It's not too late to sign up. We'll see you there. Please also make sure that you plan to join us here on Speakernomics every single week for more thoughts, ideas, and information on how to make more money as a professional speaker. And always remember the motto of this podcast, speak, get paid, repeat.